probably for the probably the most least exciting episode of the bunch. We have our, our kinds of lines. Uh, again, we're gonna try to keep this as uh, as exciting as possible. And yeah, anyways, let's just get right into it. We um, gotta give the big boys some love. To me, they're really That's only two. Yeah. For sure. Um, and just getting right into it, I think we can both agree there are really only two options for the uh, for the top two for the top two slots, and that's just the Colts and the Eagles. Let's let's talk about the, both the Colts and the Eagles as a whole. Both have been very good for the last couple of years. The Eagles maybe a bit more so than the Colts. Um, but I've just been really extremely extremely impressed with how well. The new, the newly rebuilt Colts O line was. It was for, uh, for Andrew Luck at the time. But even then, like this O line is ridiculous. Um, they definitely do um, one of, if not the best job, uh, best jobs in the league defending the quarterback. And I think the, you can say the same about the Eagles. The Eagles O line has been good for an extremely long period of time. And uh, to me, I don't think there's any question that both the Colts and the Eagles should be at number one and number two. Like, no question at all. Yeah, uh, I think that's fair. The the Colts, I think there's a bit of recency bias. I think they just became good. They brought in Quentin Nelson, sure. who's probably one of the more exciting offensive linemen in the past few years. Doesn't mean they're not great. Yep. Anthony Costanzo has been a rock for a decade. Braden Smith is a great tackle. Uh, Kelly Glowinski in the middle. Their interior is great for the running game, and it's honestly one of the reasons why Marlon Mack hit 1,000 yards last year. Um, mm-hmm. I just couldn't put them above the Eagles, who are who basically have the best, one of the best centers, guards, and tackles in the NFL. In Jason Kelsey, Travis Kelsey's brother, Brandon Brooks, who just got a big deal, and Lane Johnson, who also got a really big deal. In the year they won the Super Bowl, Lane Johnson did not let up a sack. Like he's basically Joe Thomas 2.0 in that regard. I mean, sure, he he is on the uh, the right side, <laughs> and the blind side is a lot more pressing. And the Eagles do have a rookie, well, a, a new second-year player, uh, Andrew uh, Dillard. Well, I forget his first name, but uh, he's he's replacing Jason Peters, who was awesome for a long time yeah. on that line Jason side. Peters was really solid. Yeah, and he's still a free agent. No one's picked him up. I guess that's just because he's old. But uh, Andre Dillard, I'm pretty sure it's Andre Dillard. I thought it was Andrew, Andre, something like that. But when he did play in relief for Jason Peters last year. Uh, he looked good, and I think he'll take that jump. <clears throat> Maybe not a huge jump, but I think he'll take the jump. Uh, moving moving yeah. on, uh, speaking, speaking of, speaking of um, Hawaiian names, the Cowboys have one on their offensive line. His name is Lyle Collins. He is their right tackle. And the reason why he's their right tackle is because they have the less, best left tackle, arguably, in the NFL over the last decade in Tyron Smith, who deserves a hell of a lot of credit for making Dak Prescott Dak Prescott, to be completely honest. Mm-hmm. Dude is stellar. He's so good. And the Cowboys would be number one. They would be number one if Travis Frederick was still playing. That's yep. obviously, obviously no arguable. But Travis Frederick was one of the top three centers in the NFL, along with with uh, Jason Kelsey. But unfortunately, he had a rare disease, uh, a blood disease, I think, and it forced him to retire early. So I'm going to pour one into my mouth for Travis Frederick, 
who is now replaced by Joe Looney. But their interior is still awesome because Zach Martin's there, who is awesome. He was the he was the guy. I'm pretty sure he was the guy they drafted instead of Johnny Menzel. And people were a little upset at the time. They're definitely not upset now. Definitely not. Yep. Um, yeah. Save saved them big time at that one. But yeah. uh, thank God, uh, Steven. Uh, uh, Jones tore up that uh, tore up that draft card. Yeah, that's a crazy story. Apparently, apparently Jerry yeah. Jones was so mad. He wanted Johnny Manziel. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He wanted Manziel. And uh, for those of you who haven't heard the story, Johnny Manziel, uh, uh, Stephen, uh, Jerry Jones really wanted a Johnny Manziel. Stephen Jones said, "No, you don't." And he tore up the draft card, and they took. Uh, uh, Travis Frederick instead, and it worked out really well for the Cowboys. Oh, so, it, was, it was Frederick. Uh, okay, I messed that up. I messed that up. Yeah. Well, regardless, Zach Martin, Travis Frederick, both incredible players. Oh, wait. I might be wrong. I might be wrong. So I might be wrong. It's one of those two. I it's definitely it one Zach of those Martin. two. I, I remember they took somebody that was at a not very sexy position, that being offensive line, and, well, long story short, here we are. The Cowboys did not have to go through the – the disease, sorry, the cancer that was Johnny Manziel. And here we are with the Cowboys yeah. having a top yeah, 10. So, so, it was, so it was Zach Martin uh, who got drafted. Sorry, pardon me. Not, not, um, not Frederick. Right. No worries. So just, to clear, just, to clear, just to clear that up. Um, but yeah, and then if you kind of look on our list, they're about the same. Some variations. Uh, I, do wanna, I do really want to talk about the Ravens, my team. Uh, yep, they deserve yep. to be in the top five because uh, before I get into why they deserve to be here, I just want to point out that there's no team. Okay. Guess uh, rank in terms of rankings, guess which team, where, which ranking from one to 32 the Ravens are in terms of how much they spend on their offensive line. Take a guess. Probably the least, or but near the bottom. They are 32nd in the NFL in spending yeah. on their offensive line. Yeah. There is no team that has been more thrifty with with how they've built their offensive line. The only one they're paying is Ronnie Stanley, really, mm-hmm. who is who is absolutely deserving of it. He's incredible. Made the Pro Bowl last year. He's insane. But Orlando Brown Jr. is a great tackle, and he is on a rookie deal. Matt Skura not getting paid that much. Uh, the guys they just drafted, Phillips and Bredesen, they're just they're rookies, and so is Bozeman. He's also on that rookie deal. They bring in DJ Fluker for some extra depth. That's to replace the great Marshall Yonda, who retired. We talked about that in the last episode. But point is, the fact that the Ravens are 32nd in spending on their offensive line and 5th in power rankings for the offensive line, that says something. That's unbelievable, and I think they did an unbelievable job. Just, just great team building by Ozzy Newsom. It's it's amazing what they've done. Uh, no, for sure. And again, that's why I have them ranked at uh, four. I actually had them ranked higher than you, believe it or not. I don't know why that is, but um, that's funny. Uh, yeah. No, like the the Ravens. 
really impressed me, especially because if we're talking about Lamar Jackson, he tends to actually stay in the pocket a little bit longer before he either runs with it or uh, uh, decides to throw the ball. And to me, the fact that he's able to buy so much time, he's able, he's his uh, his offense, his offensive line buys him so much time. There's something to be said for that. Yeah, exactly. And I think out of all the offensive lines in the league, the Ravens probably performed in the top three, which is why they're number five now. Um, I have them lower because they lost Marshall Yonda. So their interior, their interior, and therefore their their run blocking is going to take a little bit of a hit. Sorry, a lot of a hit because he's Marshall Yonda. He's a he's a Hall of Fame caliber uh, interior lineman. So that's going to be rough for them. I have the Saints and the Pats ahead of them because the Saints are stacked from head to yep. toe on that offensive line with two of the best t- tackles in the NFL in Teron Armstead and Ryan Ramchek. Ramchek being a late-round pick in his draft. So that's really impressive that they turned him into something that amazing. They just drafted Cesar Ruiz in the first round to be an interior lineman. Eric McCoy replacing the great Max Unger at center and did a really good job of it. And say what you will about Andrews Pete making the Pro Bowl despite having probably one of the worst years, if not the worst year of his career last year. He's still a very solid guard. And even if he's not as good as that, he's on a great offensive line that deserves to be in the top five. Yeah. Yeah. So, again, um, I agree with that 100%. I did the Saints at five. Um, I just... Uh, Again, I just like the Ravens a bit better, and same with the Patriots. Both, all three of them are elite, no question about it. But, yeah, again, at that point, you're just splitting hairs in terms of who goes where. But mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, Tom Brady, throughout his career, was a quarterback that wasn't really hit or sacked that often. He, he gets the ball out of his hand. He, he, he gets the ball out of his hand really quickly. He makes his read. He's very smart. Sorry incredibly smart and gets the ball out of his hands really fast. However, in those moments that he has to hold the ball a little bit longer, he has historically had an unbelievable offensive line. And that's no difference Mm -hmm. in new England right now, after they spent a first round pick on tackle Isaiah Wynn for the blind side to replace Nate Solder. Uh, They, they lose Trent Brown to free agency where he's the highest paid offensive lineman in the NFL if I'm not mistaken, I'm not gonna talk on the Raiders. Yeah. No, he's he's very solid. But you still I'm have Marcus Cannon. Not, I think it's a big contract. Yeah. yeah, you still have Marcus Cannon, though. He's awesome. He's such a good yeah. tackle just to replace him. Shaq Mason is a great uh, run blocker. David Andrews coming back in. And Joe Tooney, also a pretty good starter. So here you are in New England with the offensive line that has been protecting Brady for a long time. These are veterans. These guys have been around for a long time. And Jarrett Stidham is going to be very nicely protected with a run game as great as they have and an offensive line in the top five in the entire league. Uh, yeah, no, for sure. Um, and they've just had, especially with that, off- that offensive line, has been so remarkably consistent. I don't think there's any question about it. Uh, with Tom Brady and now with Jared Stidham and with uh, uh, potentially Hoyer. But, um, yeah, I think everything you said is right. I think they've done a really good job bringing in pieces to, uh, to replace pieces that they've lost. And I think that's one of the 
probably one of the reasons why they're the best. Yeah. And uh, jumping off from a quarterback that doesn't hold the ball very long, we're going to get into three quarterbacks that hold the ball for quite a long time or a little bit longer than average, those being Ben Roethlisberger, Matt Ryan, and Aaron Rodgers, guys that love to toss the ball all around the field. But they need offensive lines to kind of help them wait to find that right read down the field and load up and make that throw. So here you are. All three of them have offensive lines on this list. Uh, Ben Roethlisberger specifically has been blessed with offensive line play over his career. Uh, David DeCastro is probably one of the best interior linemen in the NFL right now, along with Brandon Brooks. And Marquise Pouncey has been a top center in the league for this entire decade. He was he was on the decade, the all-decade team, Marquise Pouncey. So yeah. this interior line has been so helpful for Le'Veon Bell and Rashard Mendenhall and now James Conner for anybody that's running behind them because they're they're so good at running and their their tackles Villanueva and Filer are, are good they're they're good tackles Villanueva's made a pro bowl so the Steelers have a very solid offensive line that I've always hated because it's been so difficult to hit that fat asshole behind them yep for sure uh yeah and I, again I agree with everything you said uh they have a really, very nice collection of players there. Uh, it just it just feels like the Steelers have had a consistently have had a really good line uh, throughout different throughout multiple running backs, and I think uh, it'll only get better personally. But we'll see. Time will tell. Absolutely. Uh, I think they'll keep putting draft capital into it from here on out, and that'll For help. Sure. Um, sure. Talking, I I did bring up the Falcons and the Packers offensive lines, who I have at nine and ten earlier and um i talked about marquise pouncey being the best center for over a decade but a guy that can give him a run for his money there is alex mack who was on the browns earlier so alex mack and joe thomas were two of the five offensive linemen in cleveland that were actually being productive whereas the rest of the team was doing fuck all and he's come to atlanta and been amazing and you you draft the the son of one of the best, probably the best offensive lineman in history. You bring in uh, Bruce Matthews' son, Jake Matthews, who took a little while, but here he is being amazing. You draft two offensive linemen, a guard and a tackle in the first round last year, Chris Lindstrom and Caleb McGarry, and now they've got a year under their belt and they're going to get better. So you got some upside on that line. So... And you draft Matt Hennessy in the second round to replace Alex Mack when he does eventually retire. So here's what the Falcons have with a lot of depth for Todd Gurley to run behind, which will be very helpful for him. And with the Packers, say what you will about them losing Brian Balaga being one of the best pass protectors in the league. You have the best pass protector in the league on your team in David Bakhtiari at, in your, at your blind side. So... I don't know what you say about that. Sure, you're replacing Belaga with Rick Wagner, which is a downgrade, and and Lindsley is solid, but not he's not Alex Mack, he's not Marquise Pouncey. He's he's a very good center though, and your interior line is fine, not great, but I still think 
they're enough to make to get the 10 spot just because of the upside that Bakhtiari brings. He's a fucking monster. And as we saw from those Raptors games against the Bucks, dude can drink. And I respect that. So can we. Everybody is on. That was very fast. Mm -hmm. I went over those two. Um, yeah, probably um, doesn't do them justice, unfortunately, but it is what it is. Um, so let's talk about one of the teams that I have at number nine, and you have, as your honorable mention, that's the Titans. Um, so for me, the Titans really stuck out because, to my, at least in my opinion, um, the Titans' offensive line really helped uh, transform the Titans' offense in the sense that uh, Ryan Tannehill is a game-managing quarterback, and I feel like um, the Titans' O-line being led by uh, Taylor Lew Lewin, uh, they did a really good job in buying him some time with the ball, which is obviously really important, especially for a quarterback like Ryan Tannehill. Uh, Nate Davis had a really good rookie year. Uh, uh, rookie guard. Uh, sorry, last year was a rookie guard. I think he's only going to get better from there. Uh, and... I believe they lost Jack Conklin, which is a bit of a loss. But um, that being said, I still think their offensive line is very solid. At the very least, they, they replaced them. They drafted Isaiah Wilson late in the first round, which might have been a bit of a reach, yeah. but they had to they had to get somebody there. So now they have a, a rookie. They had to replace Conklin. Yeah, they have a rookie in that spot at the right tackle, which will be tough, considering they have to go up against the Jaguars twice a year who have great edge rushers. And you have still have to go yeah. up against JJ Watt, and you still have to go up against those Colts rushers. They they have Justin Houston, who's really good on the edge, and DeForest Buckner is more of an interior problem, but an interior problem still a problem for that offensive line. Um, I think having bringing in a young guy like like Isaiah Wilson is going to be helpful, but it will take a little bit of time for him to learn that. To learn that zone, that zone blocking scheme that the Titans go, that Titans roll with, that Derrick Henry is so effective under, so that it it may take a little bit more time than normal. So it might be a little, for me, it was just a little bit of a, a learning curve kind of thing for the Titans. Besides Taylor Lewan, they have great talent on that line. I just think that they may take a little bit of time after losing a guy as talented as Jack Conklin. Not to say they're not good. I think they're very good. I just I need to to wait and see on Isaiah Wilson. That's just my take. And speaking of young offensive lines, I have the Broncos here as an honorable mention. And I think I, I don't necessarily think they're going to be amazing. I just think they'll be very intriguing to watch because they're all very young players. They drafted Lloyd Cushenberry the third, which I think is one of the better names in the uh, draft. Lloyd Cushion Lloyd Cushenberry. The third. Um, I've I've seen reports of people saying that he was he was making Joe Burrow run for his life in that LSU offense. I saw people saying this will be a great pickup for for a, a pro ready center. I don't know, but we'll see. He's going up with uh, a new addition, Graham Glasgow from the Lions, and Dalton Reisner from the. Broncos, they've had him. So you got a young interior line to help Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay. You have Jawan James and Garrett Bowles, two young tackles. Honestly, 
onwards and upwards. That's what I say about the Broncos offense as a whole and their offensive line. Yeah. So, um, I'll just quickly talk about the, uh, the Buccaneers real quick. Cause there was the, uh, there was the last team that I have on my top 10 and, um, there's not really much I have to say. I want, I really need to say, I want to say here other than, uh, Ryan Jensen, uh, is a very very solid center, at least in my opinion. Uh, came over to the Bucks in 2018. I think at the time he was the uh, the highest paid uh, uh, highest paid center in the league. And since then, I think he's done his job really well. And I just thought that uh, Jason Leach or however you pronounce his last name uh, has done some really good work in terms of drafting and bringing in some more, um, bringing in some talent on that uh, on the offensive line, uh, like uh, Donovan Smith. And then along with uh, their left guard, um, Marpet. Um, I don't, it's not a, it's an offensive line. I think it's definitely come a long way in the sense that I think they're, they're, uh, it took them a while to be rebuilt, but I think at, at some point they might, kind um, of in terms of the story, it reminds you of the Colts a little bit, not quite as good, but um, I still think that the, uh, that the Buccaneers are, I think there's still room to improve, but I think they're still one of the best offensive lines, offensive lines in the league. Okay, uh, fair. I personally I don't agree. Uh, besides Marpet and Jensen, which is two thirds of their interior, to be fair, uh, I don't sure. think they have sure. a lot. I'm not too high on their tackles. Donovan Smith is okay, but he let up a lot of sacks last year. And Jameis Winston was the type of quarterback that needed time, and he really just didn't get a whole lot of time. And the interior is normally good for, for, you know, allowing the run to go through, helping with the run. And who do they have running behind that offensive line? Ronald Jones? Right. I I don't know. A lot of the time, the success of an offensive line is tied to how well the running running game is. And with the running game not not being where... I think it, it it should be for the Buccaneers where it needs to be for a guy like Tom yep. Brady to come in and be successful. I'm not sold on this offensive line and how well they're going to play. That's just the way I saw it. I think they're top half. I just don't think they're worthy of an honorable mention above the Giants or the Broncos or the Titans. The Broncos or sorry, the Giants. Say what you will about the, the trades they made with the Browns, but they brought in Kevin Zeitler, who is one of the best interior linemen in the league. And they have Will Hernandez, who they drafted. So their interior line is pretty awesome. And, yeah, Nate Solder was a miss of a signing. He's being paid a lot, and he didn't play very well last year. But he's not horrible, and he's better than a lot of the other guys on here. So there's something to say about that. And they just drafted Andrew Thomas, fourth overall. So he's the type of guy that'll start right away. And they drafted a lot of depth. They drafted uh, Matt Pert. To be uh to be depth at tackle, and they drafted another guy, uh, I think on date like early of day three, so I think the Giants have put a lot of capital into that offensive line over the last few years in the drafts and in trades, and I think it'll I think Saquon Barkley will be thanking them heavily for that, and I, I don't Danny Dimes. Oh yeah, and I just I think they I think they needed to be recognized with an honorable. Yep. 
Uh, so yeah. I think that's really all we have for you today on the, uh, uh, just really, really quickly. We didn't mention the 49ers at all. They bring in Trent Williams for a third right. or fifth. That's yeah. awesome. They already had a great offensive very, line that had very minimal capital. Yep. Yeah. Um, and their running game was awesome for a zone blocking scheme that had guys like Raheem Mostert behind it. He's, Honestly, Raheem Mostert has that offensive line to thank. Mike McGlinchey was the top 10 pick, and he's really – people are seeing why. Uh, and their interior line with guys like Tomlinson, Richburg, and Garland, and, Tom, and Compton, they've got a lot of capital there, and it's, it's worth it. That offensive line is good. And for a team that primarily runs, that's incredibly helpful. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, and I know. After that, I think that's all we have for you today. I'm oh, sorry, uh, at least for the segment. Uh, I think we have one more episode we want to do, and uh, we'll see you then.